You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to have to change that because we've got, as of this morning, we have 860 consignments in the building. <laughs> does she say, does she say over Six, 600? Over 600. Well, which is correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a, it's a little off. Well, uh, Alyssa is uh, currently preparing for Miss America. Right. And she has little time for us. <laughs> little, people. Little, little people here in Morgantown. And I mean that I'm half joking because she's great and fantastic and we're so proud of her. And she's Miss Pennsylvania now mm-hmm. and hopefully will be Miss America. In January or December? Yeah, December yeah. is the, the uh, sometime in mid-December. So there are all kinds of cars rolling in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a trailer den. That's always a good sign. There you that go. Means that maybe it's going to be staying. I've always said the parking lot at Classic Auto Mall sometimes as good as the <laughs> not not as good as the inside, but but, but it's fun to oh, see. Mm-hmm. It's it's because it's a, a, another variety uh, of cars, and 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 we always jokingly say that uh, every day is like a kid in a candy store for us because you never know what's coming in. They just randomly show up because we tell people we used to have people make appointments. And we knew what, when they were coming and what they were bringing and all that. And now we just say, mm-hmm. come on, you know, yep. bring it when you're ready. Do your paperwork ahead of time. And the reason is, we, and we started doing that during COVID, uh, because we didn't, we didn't have the one-on-one. People weren't coming in and sitting down at a table and filling out paperwork. But then after COVID, we realized that it's a much better process because if you're trying to sit at a table and, you know, one of our car specialists is with you and you're feeling pressured to try to remember everything about your car and everything, all the good selling points that you need to tell us that we don't know because your car does not speak for itself. Um, then, then it's much easier to do it at home at your kitchen table over a couple of three days. And you say, Oh yeah, you know what? We did, we, we added disc brakes last year or we did this or we rebuilt the motor in 2015 or, or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. Cause all of that stuff is so hypercritical, uh, to selling the car. And red four-speed doesn't cut it. <laughs> we always say that. Right. But, you know, listen, I get it. Sometimes people buy cars and they don't know a lot about them. I mean, we have cars that are in here that we don't know what the engine is, truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be a 350. It could be, I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's engines that look so similar in size and design that it's hard to pick out what they actually are. I'm sure somebody who's a gearhead to the nth degree might be able to, you know, an engine guy uh, might be able to pick them out a little bit easier. But sometimes the the seller has no idea what the engine is. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't know. I bought it at an auction and they never said. And <laughs> I forgot to ask. Right. right. <laughs> like we featured a, uh, what year was that? 73 Challenger on, on social media yeah. this week. And it has a 360. But it came with a 340. In fact, right. it still says 340. And so somebody chimed in and said, "Where what happened to the 340? Well, yeah. maybe the owner didn't doesn't know. Maybe he bought it with the 360. Yeah, that's the problem that you know you run into. And back in the day, when you blew an engine uh, or there was a problem with the engine, mm-hmm. usually the cheaper alternative was to get another engine, right. get a used engine from somewhere else. Yeah. And who cared about the numbers matching and if it was right. original motor? You just needed a motor to make it go from point A to point B. Uh, in a, hopefully fast if you were enjoying your car and you had a muscle car. But, mm-hmm. but the point being is that it, nobody thought about, oh my goodness, this, these cars are going to be so valuable one day and you got, and everybody will be checking all these numbers on engines and, right. it, you know, it's interesting is the, 
some of the manufacturers were really good at preserving the heritage. Ford was great at it, sold all their rights to Kevin Marty, who does the Marty Report. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pontiac had lots of good records through PHS, Pontiac Historical Society. But most of the General Motors products didn't have as good a re- records, and not always there wasn't always a modifier or identifier on the engine and transmission to what kind of car, or if it went with that actual car. You can date code it and say, Okay, it should have been in January. This this transmission was built in January of 1968, and the car was built in uh, February of 1968. So, you know, kind of a logical progression. If the transmission was built in 68 and the car was built in 67, then <laughs> you, right. you got a little bit of an issue there with regards to originality. And some people just truly don't know. And you say, you know, somebody will say, well, I have my cars all matching numbers. Well, how do you know that? Well, the guy I bought it from told me. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> well, okay. And, it, and, you know, I watched Dennis Collins, you know, mm-hmm. a great YouTube channel. And, and where he finds the VIN is different for every manufacturer, obviously. Right. It could be on a cross member. It could mm-hmm. be on the block. I mean, it's everywhere. Well, we, we, we have a battle just finding VIN numbers mm-hmm. on especially pre-war cars, you know, 30s, 20s, Fords, Model Ts, Model As. They, a lot of them were, were titled with the engine number because they didn't have a VIN number per se. It was a serial number, right. but not quite the same deal. But they would title them sometimes with the engine number, sometimes with another number. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they could be, you know, uh, uh, stamped into the wood or into the frame or, you know, and if you replace the engine, and a lot of these guys, you know, you look at their title and their title was, the car was titled in 1958 and it's a 1930 Ford Model A <laughs> and it doesn't match even anywhere close. Right. And then you, the guy says, oh, you know what? I replaced the motor in the sixties. Right. But didn't think about, right. you know, there goes your VIN number. <laughs> right. Right. I was watching a video yesterday and they, they found a 68 charger and they found the uh, build plate, uh, build sheet right. uh, under the seat. Right. Well, the seats were white. And it turns out this car was coated with black interior, so the sheet, so somebody had replaced the seats, so the right. build sheet didn't match, <laughs> didn't the, match the car. So really interesting. It's really cool to find those too. Yeah, I mean, they're they're a lot of times they're they're and the reason that they're stuffed in the in the uh, webbing or not the web like mm-hmm. the metal framing mm-hmm. underneath the seat springs yeah. springs. Yeah. If you, uh, the reason they're there is because they needed a place to put them. Mm. They 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 weren't required to put them anywhere. They were supposed to just throw them away. Wow! But they didn't want to throw them away because that'd mean you know eventually. You'd have to take the trash out <laughs> ten times a day. They just or, shoved them in there. They just shoved them behind the seat or wow. up under the dash right. or over the tank in a mm-hmm. Corvette because Corvette, it was easy to get to. And and of course the build sheet it was exactly what if you don't know what that actually means it was actually the 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 design or the plans for the car what color interior it got what radio it got what engine and transmission and that it just got. followed the car down the followed line. down the line and then when you got to the end when the last piece of the puzzle is like, oh, what are we going to do with this piece of paper? Right. Oh, let's stuff it in here. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. Right. So if you don't find the, the build sheet in the car, it doesn't mean that it's not the original car, and it doesn't mean anything other than it may not have gotten put in there. And just like matching numbers, they didn't think back then that this piece of paper is going to be valuable. So I mean, valuable. It's like, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just a and piece of paper. It's really interesting. And some of them are just, like, they're so beat up. Oh, yeah. And mice get to them and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, they are as fragile, you know, they've been underneath a seat for right. 50, 60 years, and, you know, you find them and you're lucky to when you pull them out they just crumble into pieces and you got to be so careful but you know it's so exciting to find uh, that kind of information on a car because it 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 is it tells you everything that the car Mm -hmm. should have had and should what color and and everything and a lot of times these restorations um are so well done that you can't tell the difference that it's not 
the original color or the original. I mean, if they do it right, a rotisserie restoration, they call it, where basically take every single part off the car and, and paint everything. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when they change color on a car, they won't do the door jams or they won't do the, right. you know, some of the other areas that are not as obvious. And, uh, that build sheet is fantastic to have and, and especially what we know now. But because nowadays when you buy a car and I recommend this to everybody, two things I recommend to you. Number one is to save every piece of paper that goes with the car. Anything that came on the car, if you can get the delivery sheets that came off the transporter, uh, when the new car went to the dealership, just anything that you can get uh, to keep is so important. And to to know what it is. And nowadays, I know that like on the newer Mercedes and maybe probably all cars, the VIN number is stamped in multitudes of places mm-hmm. on fenders, on hoods, on uh, you know, in the obvious place in the in the dash where most of them are nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but they're stamped in a lot of different places, and that's because of theft. They you know, a, a fender gets stolen off of a car or something. At least they can track it. Uh, you know, because cars right. are cars aren't cheap. Right, right, and, <laughs> and they get parted out, and they get parted out, and so it's one way to to keep it track of those so and where did we sell cars this week by the way steve right um how about a little slower this week but you know what there's light at the end of the tunnel we our consignments have been through the absolute as we said through the roof 860 and counting i don't know how many we'll get today but we have surpassed last year mm-hmm. last year we consigned uh a thousand fifty nine cars for the year this year we're at a thousand eighty four there you go with what forty days left to right. go for the year so Nice. I think we'll hit t- close to 1,200 consignments. So I don't know where we're going to put them all, but <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Yes. We could be sitting here with 100 cars going, man, I sure wish we could get. It just gets a little harder to walk around each just week. Just a little just bit. Just a little, little bit. bit. And there goes a little 32 high boy. Yeah, the parking lot parking is lot on is, fire today. I tell you, there's a Ferrari, and mm-hmm. I see a, a GT3 Porsche. And a Huracan a, out there. Huracan and an SL500 Mercedes, which is not in and of itself always a collectible car, but cool cars. Yep. We we call you know it's uh, cool cars special interest antique classic whatever you know if it if we think it's halfway cool then it and it fits into what we do absolutely um, and we have some cars as we've talked about many times in the past that are daily driver ish so if you're looking for something to you know back and forth to work and you got a you know ten fifteen mile commute or something some of these cars would really make a lot of sense featured a ninety five. Uh, Crown Vic yeah. on social media last night, and uh, car has sixteen thousand miles. Yeah, I mean, so it was a church car. Yeah, church you know? car. That's and a, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the kind of cars that are amazing, and you wouldn't think of those as collectible until they get the low mileage. If you had one with ninety thousand miles, it wouldn't be worth anything. Right. But one when it's got sixteen thousand or six thousand or six mm-hmm. <laughs> miles yeah. on it, and it's funny how things happen like that. Like cars get parked. Um, you know, it's not by design a lot of times that they have low miles. Some people buy cars and hoard them and put them away. 78 mm-hmm. Corvettes come to mind, the pace car Corvettes. Where right. Everybody hoarded those. Or the, the last year of the Cadillac Eldorado, the big uh, convertible, uh, a lot of people hoarded those. But a lot of these cars are just by circumstance. Like they parked it and then they got another car and then it just kind of forgot about it. It's parked in the garage and stuff got – I mean, you see cars all the time with stuff piled on them. Unbelievable. Boxes and, <laughs> you know, it's like it just became another shelf. Yep. In it, the, in and lost in the – Lost in the and kind of lost. You lose a whole car, yeah. you know. But uh, but anyway, uh, so where do we sell cars this week? How yep. about San Jose, California, mm-hmm. Pinehurst, North Carolina, East Point, Michigan, Marion, Iowa, Melbourne, Florida, Shelton, Connecticut, York, Pennsylvania, and Stillwater, Maine. 
So, uh, yeah, interesting selection of cars. Uh, Different state for every car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the cheapest car we sold last week was $6,500. No kidding. And the most expensive was pushing 80. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it tells you kind of the range of, of what we do and what we have. And we got some great cars in that we'll be talking about in the future episodes, uh, uh, this past couple of weeks. It mm-hmm. just seemed you know, a little M3. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you got a view to the, like Chuck Carter said, he goes, you're doing a, you're doing the guests a disservice because yeah. there's so many cool, yeah. cool cars. He's around. sitting here looking at a real Shelby Cobra going, it's really hard to concentrate when I'm looking at it this. Is. But uh, he was a great guest, by the way. And, uh, we, uh, wish them well with the Red Horse Motor and Garage and uh, Club mm-hmm. and all their future endeavors, and we hope to help pr- promote that and uh, do what we can to, to make that a cool lifestyle type event uh, or place um, because yep. it's so cool. If you haven't been there, you, you know, go on their website and check it out. There's some pictures of it. Mm-hmm. It's really just got that warm, feely vibe to it. I have yet to be there, and I did catch them on YouTube, and yeah. uh, it looks like a very cool Yeah. Place. Well, we'll have to go down there and have a cold beverage one of these oh, that'd days. that'd be a good idea. <laughs> iced tea. Yeah, an iced tea, please. Uh, <laughs> you ha- as long as you have sweet and low, I'm good. That's so. right. Um, anyway, um, some great cars in this week. We'll, like I said, we'll talk about it in the next couple of weeks uh, as we go, but we, uh, we'll we go through our list of cars. I have a feeling we're about to do for a commercial, aren't we? You got you got thirty seconds. Okay. Well, what can I do in thirty seconds? Not much. Not much. You can say we'll be right back. We'll after be right this, back after, after these commercial messages. messages. Yeah. So uh, when we return, we'll talk about some of the new inventory that we've gotten in and some other automotive stuff. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studios on a beautiful sunny day. This is show number 63, and today is November the 19th. Now, it doesn't mean week 63. We've right. done 60. Well, we haven't even done 63 shows. A lot, we've done though, some a lot. We've done a lot. At least 50, right? At least 50, yeah. yeah. And with guests, probably about 30 mm-hmm. or so we've done. So we're, we're gonna, uh, we, we're a newfound push to get guests. We've got lots of people who have responded who said they would, uh, be glad to be on the show. It's just scheduling is really tricky. It's, yeah. it's always, people's schedule is so kind of, anymore it's tough for me. It's like when people say, oh, we've got something coming up in March. Can you come? I'm like, I hate I don't to, know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't I, commit. I'm really afraid to commit. Oh, and well wishes to, uh, our friend Jay Leno. How about that? Yeah, he, uh, terrible accident working on a steam car, which you don't think about has fuel because, but what causes the steam to get hot? Why, that's, 
it used to be kerosene because it's a little less volatile, oh. but they use gasoline. And somehow he was doing some welding or something underneath the car and hit a line and it sprayed gas all over him. And then a spark happened. And uh, thank God there was somebody there. Wow. And uh, he's already had skin grafts and they had him in, in those hyperbaric chambers where they, where it promotes blood, uh, Wellness and mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm talking so far. <laughs> what I well, know, shout but. out to West Hills Hospital. We used to live in West Hills. Oh yeah, actually, he's yeah. he's right there. He's right the West there. West Hill Burn Unit. Yeah. So uh, and you know, gosh, you know, you don't wish this on anybody, but if it does happen, it's nice to be close to something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, to not be somewhere that's that doesn't have the good medical oh, facilities. Yeah. I mean, you know, going through some medical procedures myself, I was so thankful that I live near Philly because the 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 doctors around Philly are just amazing. I mean, yep. some of the best in the world. And uh, and so thank you to them and and uh, well wishes to uh, Jay Leno and yep. hope he recovers and uh, they say he's in good spirits but uh, pretty serious skin yeah. grafts and 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 all of that and of well, course if you ever had doubts that he works on his own car yeah, then, exactly know. and people say I hear this I've heard this so often lately it's like well, why is he working on his own car and you know doesn't he have people to do that well yeah but he loves that that's Absolutely. that's the part of it that he probably enjoys the most I and would, he was a mechanic before he was a comedian that's how he that's how he made a living That's before right. he uh, became a comedian. So, uh, and we had just seen him recently up in mm-hmm. uh, Newport uh, at the uh, Audrain Concorde d'Elegance, and uh, just a great guy. And uh, so, wish him well and speedy recovery and and all that good stuff. Uh, hopefully, by the time you hear this, he will be out of the hospital and on the road to recovery. I can't. They say that burns are so terrible because they get worse mm. over time. I mean, it's not like you start healing immediately. Yeah. They get worse before. You it's get painful. better. It's so yeah, painful. they say that everything. I mean, about if you that. ever scolded your finger on a oh pan, absolutely, that's, that's first degree. Yeah, you know? first degree. Right. He has second and third degree. Yeah. So anyway, not to be too morbid, but right. uh, anyway, um, some of the new inventory this week. Oh my goodness, we got some so many things. So many cool cars in this place. Right, and by the way. If you're cold and it's wintertime and you're jonesing for cars, come out to Classic Auto. This yeah. is the best. We are so crowded today because it's a perfect winter, kind yeah. of cold day. 40 degrees outside. Yeah. Sunny. And, uh, it's sunny. And uh, it snowed just a little bit yesterday. Of course, we're glad we're not in Buffalo. We're, oh, Four God. feet of snow. My buddy Overnight. Lives, yeah, overnight. My buddy lives up there. I said, how are you handling the snow? He goes, pretty well. I'm in Florida. <laughs> ah, that's so, the so, snowbird. Yeah, the snowbird. Thank goodness. But well, I'm uh, waiting on my new tires for the LaForza, which can get through any kind any of snow. Kind of snow yeah. uh, guaranteed huh pretty guaranteed pretty much hey you know that's one of the things too that one of, well, i was going to say earlier when we were talking in the first segment about checking things check your vin number on your car when you buy a classic car take that title don't just look at it and see that it's there take your title walk out to the car find the vin number Probably take a picture of it if it's in an unusual location and find it because you're going to be surprised. Mm-hmm. You're going to find that your car doesn't match. Right. Maybe it's one digit off. Maybe it's a B instead of an eight or an S instead of a five, or maybe it's two transposed numbers or one digit off, but some are completely off. And so it's so hypercritical to check that. And nobody does. Even myself. I have, I mean, I have cars here that I bet you I haven't checked the VIN number on, and I'm certain right. they should be right because I bought them from a dealer, right? <laughs> it's it's a lot of digits. There's <laughs> a lot of daggum digits. 17 and, digits. I can't. That's remember. right. And one can get off. And one can get. And you can look at it and miss it. I mean, you can right. look at it and think, "Oh, that looks right." And it's funny how your mind kind of can play it's tricks true. on you when you read something, especially a long string of digits and 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 whether it be numbers and letters or a combination of the two. And uh, and it's easy to think that it's right. 
and it's wrong. So, well, so, I learned that lesson with the little Italian job that yeah came in here, and that's a small. That was like six yeah, numbers. Six numbers. One was off. And uh, so it's so critical to do that. And if your car was born uh, after 1980-81, whenever 17 digits took effect on your particular car, some of them were in 80, some of them were not mm. until 81 or 82, um, run a Carfax on it just to see what – so you know. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to get any surprises when you decide, you know, it's time to sell my – 95 Camaro. And then you find out it was a salvage and, mm. you know, problems and all these things. Right. So, so find out that stuff ahead of time. You can, you know, head it off at the pass. And when you advertise your car, either through us or, or even on your own, uh, which I don't recommend. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> right. Does. Right. Um, it's a pain. It's a real pain. You got people come to your house all hours of the day and night. <laughs> want to give you a check. Want to take the car. Want to lowball you. Want to lowball you. Want to pick it apart. And you spent, you know, right. Uh, there's a million reasons we can tell you that, uh, don't sell your own car. But check all this stuff so you know ahead of time what you're dealing with. So you're not caught, you know, kind of flat-footed when you realize, oh, my God, this car was salvaged. Or this car had was in an accident that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Carfax is not always 100%. There's mistakes on there as well, too. And if that's the case, if you've owned the car since new and never been in an accident, and there, as an accident shows up on Carfax, you need to do your best to try to get it fixed. And and. I'll caution you and tell you that it's very difficult to get things fixed on Carfax. You know, just call mm-hmm. them up and say, "Hey, my car was never in a wreck. It's not Take Wikipedia. it off." Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, you can certainly uh, there there's certainly listen. It's like anything that mistakes can be made. I mean, we had a car one time we sold to a guy in Florida, went to title it in Florida, and uh, found out that there was an exact same VIN number on another car mm. up in Ohio. Wow. But the good news in Ohio is, is that you can actually go on the Ohio DMV website and type in a VIN number and it'll tell you when it was registered, not to whom, right. uh, you know, not any of the personal details, but when it was registered, what state it came from, what type of car it is. And we found out that the vehicle we sent to Florida was a 36 Ford pickup and the car up there was a 35 Ford coupe or something. Mm-hmm. So, so they said, you know what, this, we, but if they'd been the same type of vehicle, could have been a problem. Right, right. And again, you don't want to find this stuff out at the last minute and have your hopes up that, you know, I'm going to sell this car for big money and then you find out I don't have a proper VIN, the car was reported stolen. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what we do here. When we bring in a car, we run it through Vendata, we run it through Carfax, we run, you know, we document everything that we can numbers-wise on the car. We look at every number. We put it up on the lift to get to the numbers that maybe aren't you know readily available to be seen uh, because we don't want any surprises either. You know? Did you say you run it through Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, Vin Data. Yeah, Vin Diesel. He's like a human database. Yeah, he knows everybody. That's not correct, man. <laughs> oh, good Vin Diesel. That's that? nice. Yeah, impressive. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you just don't want surprises. And that's you know one of the things we do. I mean, the services that we provide to our clients, uh, consigners. If you had to pay for all everything that we do, you'd spend thousands of mm-hmm. dollars and still no guarantee that you would sell your car. So, you know, what we do, the research that we do about the car, about the history of the particular car, about the history of that particular make and model, um, all the detailed underneath that, you know, a lot of people have never seen their car from the underside. Uh, true. you know, think about it. I mean, if you buy a car from somebody off the, you know, the side of the road or, a, or you go see a, a car to, you know, somebody's house and they don't have a lift and you buy it and you take it home and you own it for a couple of three years and never have it on a lift and have no idea what it looks like underneath. And, right. And that can be good or bad, <laughs> you know. So, um, you do your best to try to see underneath, but it's not always easy to do. So, uh, but, but do your, 
due diligence on your car um, uh, early on of ownership instead of at the point you're going to sell it because you don't want to find yourself disappointed that you know you thought your car was worth fifty grand and now it's worth. Mm-hmm. 25 grand because it's got a bad Carfax that, and that's the thing too. I tell people all the time with your insurance company, insurance agents are going to hate me for this, but when you are in an accident and through no fault of your own and somebody else's insurance company pays, uh, to have your car repaired, that's all well and good. But the other thing they need to pay you for is diminished value mm-hmm. because now the car has a dirty, if you will, Carfax. And when you go to sell it, that, that's going to be a deduction on what a dealer would give you as a trade-in or what somebody's going to pay you uh, as a retail buyer because it has accident history or salvage history or whatever the case may be. So right. there's my lesson for the day. So, gosh, that was a whole long way around to get to our inventory that we've gotten in recently. How about the 71 AMC Hornet yeah. SC360? That's cool. I didn't even know these cars existed I didn't either. when I was a kid. I never saw any of the AMC products or, you know, AMXs or the the Javelins when I was growing up. It was all um, Camaros and Mustangs and Corvettes. And Well, my dad worked for AMC, so I, yeah, I you, was you, a little you, familiar yeah. with some of these, but this one's really uh, unique. This one's electric blue over black interior. Mm-hmm. It's one of 17 built. It's got 245 horsepower, which doesn't sound like a lot today, but, you know, back in 1971, that was that was no slouch. Um, it's got the original interior, window sticker, and the bill of lading. Uh, it's got a three-speed manual transmission and a twin-grip axle, which I, I have no idea. Yeah, what no idea what that means. And podcast I, at classicautomall.com. <laughs> yeah, what, what a twin-grip axle! Is. And I could Google it right here. Yeah, you probably could. Now it says electric blue over black, but let's be honest. This is probably could use some restoration on the exterior. Yeah, it's uh, it's an it's probably I guess it's. It's close to original paint, right. I would imagine. I, I there are some panels that are original. Yeah, some panels that would be original to the car, but uh, I think that for the most part, it's probably one that could benefit for, mm-hmm. uh, and it depends on what way you want to go. I mean, if you mm-hmm. want to get out and just drive the crap out of it, and who cares, oh, yeah. and then 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 leave it. It's yeah. cool as is. I mean, you could bring this to a car show. You'd be the only one there for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so it, it, it's interesting to when you see cars like this because – you don't see them at car shows. You'd be the only one there. And how cool is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being a, you know, having a Camaro or a Corvette <laughs> or a Mustang or any of them. Right. I mean, we saw a lot of those and we're happy to. And the reason we do is because they're so popular. But, uh, but certainly, uh, it's always cool to have something that's a little bit off the wall. At, I think this would get a huge attention at, I, at car shows well, and cars and coffee. And we might try it on our TikTok because we just found out today we went over 25,000 or 24,000 followers, mm-hmm. pardon me, yep. on TikTok. And we We've gotten over 200,000 likes, mm-hmm. and I still don't even know what TikTok and a thousand, is. And <laughs> now a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, so check out the YouTube yeah, channel. We're, yeah. we're loading a lot of stuff there as well. A lot of content there of a uh, little short, uh, what are they, three-minute videos? No, th- there's 30 seconds, 30 and seconds. then sometimes we'll load an interview like we did with Chuck. With 40, yeah. That's a 40-minute video. So gotcha. everything in between, we're going to get you in a car and drive you around the, around the lot here and do some features there as well. Cool. Cool. We do it on a day when it's warm. <laughs> I think it's 40 degrees outside. We're going to take today. convertible out today. Yeah, turn the heat on. But, uh, yeah, really neat car, that AMC Hornet. We also got in a uh, 1960 uh, Chevrolet Corvette Roadster. And this one is a project car. Oh, right. It's about 85% done or so. Um, it's got a 383 and a T10 four-speed, so not the original motor or uh, trans. Um, power window car, which was kind of unusual uh, in 1960. And it's got the hardtop uh, included. And it's black and silver over black. Mm-hmm. And it's one that, you know, like I said, if you if you're handy, 
you know, what a what a great way to get into the hobby with a really cool car that that will be uh, something that uh, if you can do a lot of the work yourself, will be more valuable than what you paid for it. Certainly, and, I say father and son, father daughter. It's yeah, a great, great project car. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's it's such a great way to bond uh, over classic cars, whether it's restoring them or or you know fixing or just changing the oil. Mm-hmm. You know, and most sure. people don't even do that anymore because it's kind of a pain. You have to, you know, what are you going to do with the used oil? Where are you going to put it? It's going to make a mess. You're going to doubt it out. You go to the quick, quick jiffy lube and you know you're right. out in 10 minutes and you know well that's if they don't talk you into the uh <laughs> special treatment sir have you seen this pvc yeah. valve yeah, oh, right right oh, it's your, all your oily. cabin filter is just a mess <laughs> yeah. i recommend changing it 39.99 39.99 no waiting um yeah most cars nowadays have cabin filters yeah. underneath like the glove box yeah. or something there's some kind of filter under yeah. there and but. please don't let the dealership talk into a 75 dollar change because yeah. it's literally a, a tw- Maybe a twelve, thirteen dollar part that takes ten minutes to change. Yeah, it's not one of those things where you're going to get into it and realize that you went in deeper than you should have. You're, it's something that's very simple. It's very do. simple, and it probably tells you in the owner's manual how to do it. It does, yeah. and yeah. or YouTube, or that's YouTube. How I learned yeah. on, on my Subaru, and but 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 some dealerships are notorious for making a few extra bucks. You yeah. know, yeah, I get it. I mean, I you know, listen. At the end of the day, there's convenience. Some people just don't care, right? You know, they don't care. Sure. They pay. They would never. There's people that would never in a million years take a coupon to a grocery store. Right. Uh, and and I'm not you know I'm not knocking it either way. I don't take coupons to grocery stores because I don't even know where coupons are anymore. Right. I don't even get them. Not in many around anymore. <laughs> They're not in the newspaper. Nope. I remember they used to advertise newspapers. The newspaper is fifty cents, but you get eleven dollars and twenty two cents worth of true. coupons in there. But do they have coupons anymore? Not much. That's what I'm saying. They really yeah. cut down. When I was in L.A., they double your coupon. Oh wow! The store would Ralph's would double your coupons, and I was clipping coupons when I was in my twenties. And saved a ton of money, and then it yeah. just stopped. It really, literally, just stopped. Well, we should get to the bottom of this, Steve. Right, right away. <laughs> when we return, we'll have all the information you need to know about clipping coupons, and uh, we will uh, actually start talking maybe about some more inventory. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio from Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Not to be confused with Morgantown, West Virginia, because that's a different place. <laughs> it's not far, but it's different. Yeah, it's just different. We're not there. There's big it? federal facilities there in Morgantown. Yeah. You mean like like prisons? F- FBI and oh. uh, I forget. I I've been why. down there. Is it because it's mountainous? 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a cute little town, actually. Yeah, yeah, actually, I've driven through there. Mm-hmm. It's on eighty-one, right? When you go down, I think so. I think you're. I think you go right to it, or or maybe it's not eighty-one. Maybe it's whatever the other road is that takes you through DC. Which I never go that way when I'm going south. I always go eighty-one down to Harrisburg, and then okay, or Carl. I'll actually go to Carlisle oh, and then go okay. south on eighty-one. Yeah, and that takes you through Virginia, some little bit through West Virginia, a little bit through Virginia, or a lot through Virginia, and then down mm-hmm. through Tennessee, and depending on where you're going from there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not a bad drive down through that way. And it's, it's, uh, amazing that, uh, the amount of traffic though that is on the roads these days, even just a, mm. like a regular, like a Tuesday, at, you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon, it's just like bumper to bumper some places. I don't know where everybody's going. I know. <laughs> it's like LA we were talking about when mm-hmm. I lived out there in the early eighties. I mean, traffic, even on a Sunday morning, you go into church was oh, traffic. Yeah. It was, it's just not a, not a good existence. I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. And, I like, I like knowing my way around LA. I like, I like yeah. visiting out there right. and doing some fun things while you're there. And I have some great friends who live out there, but to live there again, just couldn't see yeah, it. Yeah. Whenever I get stuck in traffic here, like in Philly or whatever, mm-hmm. I get this feeling like it's, it, it's like a trauma response. Right. Like <laughs> I, I remember this. Yeah. I don't want to go. Yeah. I mean, I had friends who commuted two and a half hours each way to work and back yeah. every single day. That's five yeah. hours of your day. And San Francisco's even worse. Yeah. That area is yeah. just a nightmare. Five hours of, of travel time every day. I mean, I remember people were moving to Palmdale and yeah. Lancaster. Right. Not Lancaster. Lancaster. Uh, back in the day, Antelope Valley and that yeah. area. And they, and it was okay for a while and then became a commute. Yeah. Well, some people that work like in downtown or in Hollywood mm-hmm. or whatever and live in the far reaches of the valley, you know, not, yeah. not, not the, you know, not the close in, not Van Nuys or, right. you know. Well, we lived in West Hills was Calabasas yeah, at the end of the county. I mean, how long did, would it take uh, you to get yeah, to downtown? Yeah, an hour and a half, hour and a half yeah. to the city. We, I worked in North Hollywood and lived in Pasadena and it took me, and it was only about 20 miles. Right. It's and not, it took me like an hour <laughs> and 15 minutes to get home it's and it was just, hideous. oh, it's just so I don't horrible. miss that at all. I don't either. I, I mean, there's so many fun things that I got to do when I lived in Los Angeles. Same. Met some cool people, mm-hmm. saw cool cars. Yep. Some of the greatest shows, concerts, uh, racing. I mean, this was back when Riverside was gone mm-hmm. and Orange Pomona. County, Pomona, Orange County, Winter International Raceway. Yep. I saw my first drag boats there, which blew me away. Right. Those things are just unbelievable. You ever see sand drags? Yeah. You see sand yeah. drags? Yeah. And I loved, I, there was just so many fun things. I got, I went to the Us Festival in 1983 and, and saw Van Halen headline. Right. And man, I mean, just so many memories of fun things to do. But again, you see why there's a mass exodus from there mm. but if you're coming from there to here don't bring there here you know <laughs> right <laughs> leave here here yeah, yeah, yeah and take there and leave it back that there seems so. to be the trend <laughs> the consensus yeah so uh anyway some of the other uh, new inventory like i was telling you that 60 corvette roadster really cool great project car for you and your son and your daughter and um or just by yourself or yeah. you know or have somebody do it that's, that's, <laughs> that's okay right. pay somebody to do it you can also do that uh got a really cool 1940 desoto convertible have you seen that black and oh my God, this thing is black over ox blood. Oh. So is ox blood the color of an ox's blood? <laughs> is it different than a than a buffalo? Than a buffalo blood? or a cow blood or it just sounds know. cool. It's though. very cool it sounding. Ox, ox blood. blood, yes. Very, very, very medieval it's sounding. Probably a British holdover that, yeah, that term. I, would I don't imagine, know. I would imagine so. One of uh, just over a thousand of these were made hmm. in nineteen forty. Um uh, very art deco y. And, uh, but you know, it's got a power convertible top, very well restored, nicely done. And really, 
again, one of those cars like the AMC we were talking about a while ago that's uh, unusual. You you know, you see lots of 40 Ford convertibles or even Chevrolet convertibles. You don't see very many DeSotos. Again, they only made 1,085. How many are left? Wow. Who knows? Not many. And people think, you know, people don't realize what what and how attrition happens in the classic car world. So it's not like somebody drives a car and then they just drive the wheels off of it and put it in a junkyard. These cars, the attrition happens during natural disasters, mm. fires, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, all that. I mean, we saw the, the, the hurricane that hit uh, Florida mm-hmm. not too long ago when a Hemi Superbird laying on its roof. Yes, they had that at an auction a couple of weeks ago at, on display and they were, it was getting ready to be restored. But oh. It was like a display car mm-hmm. and uh, it was really a popular thing for people to see because everybody had heard about that or seen pictures of it. I'm, I'm certain, but that's where the attrition, I mean, California wildfires, when they have a wildfire out there, you know, they, you can lose, you know, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of mm-hmm. classic cars that are lost, you know, and, uh, or floods or hurricanes or tornado or whatever it is. So no matter how well preserved these cars are, eventually something might, there's a possibility something could get them. Yep. So, uh, take good care of them and. You know. And DeSoto is such a – I mean, I don't know much about the right. history of the brand, but it's such, it's almost like an off-brand. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, it was it was a Mopar brand. It was, you know, Dodge, Chrysler, okay. DeSoto, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, really, really a cool car. Cool and unique design. Absolutely. Uh, a 97 Land Rover Defender D90 that we just got in. It's white over charcoal gray, frame-off restored. Uh, the paint is like, you know – Almost perfect. I hate to say perfect. I don't want to say perfect because it's really good. (laughs) Because, you know, perfect is – there's not many perfect cars out there. Right. And there are some perfect cars out there, but there's not very many. Uh, We got – these are near and dear to my heart for some odd reason. A 1975 Pontiac Granville convertible. Oh. They're really cool cars. They were, it was the last of the big convertibles. You know, 76 was the last Cadillac Eldorado. That was the big car. And this was the last year for the, for the, uh, Grandville. Um, Cameo wide over saddle. It's got a 400 in it. Uh, it's a two owners from new. So, you know, 1975. Let's see. That was how many years ago? 50? 47 ish. Yeah. 47. So, um, it's got a new top and easy to drive. It's a turbo hydromatic 400. Uh, and you know, a lot of people, you'd be surprised. We'll, we're, we're always surprised at how many people don't know how to drive a manual transmission. Right. <laughs> you know, that have just, you know, never learned, just never had to or never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, some cars are a, a hybrid, if you will, of that, meaning that they're a paddle shift. Uh, the Ferraris are all like that. They're all, they, there's a, there's a knob on the, on the console that, you put it in reverse, but for every other gear selection is with the paddles on the steering wheel. So and we were talking last week. You have yeah. to focus on which is up and which is down. <laughs> down. Yeah, it could be a bad thing. Yeah, it could be, especially in the middle of a turn in a four-wheel drift or something. Yeah. Not that I get in many four-wheel drifts and <laughs> turns, but you know, if you happen to go down instead of up, that could be quite the uh, the issue. So uh, anyway, beautiful Granville. And then last but not least, our 1985 Ford Mustang SVO. And I am really surprised at how many people don't know anything about the mm. SVOs. Mm-hmm. Even guys that were from that era, they're like, I don't really remember that car. Right. It kind of came and went. It did. It was a 2.3 liter inline 
four, which immediately would turn most car guys off in 1980s, uh, 85 to be exact is when this car was yep. built. And that was when the IROC Z was starting to be, you know, it was getting, they actually put the 350 back in it from the 305. Um, so we were starting to get some performance cars mm-hmm. were starting to happen again after the early or late seventies and early eighties. Uh, so we were starting to see performance cars. So if you said, Oh, I got an SVO and what a 2.3 inline four, what? <laughs> but if you'll remember back in 85, the IMSA, uh, the Mustangs that raced in IMSA, International Motorsports Association, uh, the Fords, inline Fords were putting out 900 horsepower. Mm. These things were really bad to the bone. And SVO stands for Special Vehicle Operations. Right. Uh, and that was where they built their race cars. And this was a kind of a, I don't know how many years they made the SVO. Four. Four, did mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's jalapeno red is the color. <laughs> and the paint is a little worn in a few spots here and there. I mean, it's again, it's, it's presentable mm-hmm. as a driver, but if you wanted to, you know, be uh, a concours show winner, that's not going to happen with right. this car unless you painted it. And, uh, it's got 65,000 actual miles. Uh, it's the original interior. And like I said, it's a five speed manual. Um, so a lot of cars at that point in time were just switching over to five-speed manuals. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were four-speed manuals, which was never enough. You know, how many cars have you driven where you just ached for another One gear? more. One more gear yeah. is all I need, and then I would feel like I'm going to blow this thing up going down the interstate, which we talked about last week. So, uh, but anyway. Well, I love the, uh, I love hood, hood scoops. I'm a, right. a hood scoop guy, you know? <laughs> so, and the hood scoop is offset yeah. on SVOs. I just thought that was always so cool. Yeah, yeah. And the double, it has sort of the Mercur, right. uh, spoiler on the back, the double spoiler. The double spoiler. Really interesting to me. It, it was a very ahead of its time car. Yeah. Uh, during, during that era in the, in the mid eighties. And, and I think that, I don't know how many they sold, but I can't imagine they sold a whole lot of them. Yeah, about 2,000 a year. Yeah. So there's yeah. not a lot out there. It's 10,000 total run. Yeah. You don't see them hardly at all. Uh, very rarely right. do you see them. Now you'll see Mustangs with the, that hood on them sometimes mm-hmm. where people, I guess, have an aftermarket hood, they've put that hood on them. But, uh, so what's your favorite hood scoop? Well, I had a Grand National, so that's yeah. more of a, more of a hump, a, hump. a bump, or yeah. what do they call it? Power, power bump. Power bump. Uh, I like this, uh, Mar- Marinello. Marinello, the 575 Marinello that's pretty, Ferrari. That's, that's pretty got, cool. I that's like a, the old, uh, Mustang with the two uh-huh. nostrils, uh, the 71 Mach 1. Oh, uh, yeah. Thing. I like the, uh, Formula Firebirds, uh, oh, yeah. with the dual right? uh, scoops. Yep. And you really cool, you had one with the dual scoops and the Trans Am rear facing scoop. Yeah. A uh, hood that had all three, right, uh, right. two, two of the long scoops and then one of the, mm-hmm. and I don't know what that, there was an option that you could get that. And the mid 70s Formula with the two nostrils yeah. sitting out front yeah that's cool yeah we can yeah. go we can do a whole show on hood scoops <laughs> the z28 with the oh yeah uh, center very <laughs> aggressive it looks like a stinger almost yep. which is that's what they call the ones on the corvettes like uh, those stinger too. yeah and some are functional in, in, and some are not and some are not well like the trans ams they were closed off right until uh, i until, drilled you, holes yeah, until we all drill holes in them right and uh made them functional and it's funny you would think a hood scoop facing rearward would not be as efficient as i mean you think if you turned it around you get more air right but you don't really because of the way the air hits the windshield and circles Cal. down mm-hmm. is like the cowl and cowl induction on a Chevelle is actually an opening uh, that opens the hood uh, right at the base of the That's windshield right. and sucks air in there. And apparently it does it more efficiently. Mm-hmm. I don't know how or why, cause I'm no engineer, <laughs> um, but I play one on hood scoops, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. What's your favorite hood scoop podcast yeah. at classic <laughs> yeah, or bumps. I, I mean, LaForza yeah. has a, has a power bump. Well, remember the turbo trans Ams when they came oh, out yeah. in 80. That's right. Or, yeah. In 80. Offs- yeah, offset. They were offset and they were a 301. And they turbo. had lights on them too. Yeah. 
yeah. which was cool. And even the even the mid '90s Firebirds, some of them had lights on them as well too. Like I oh, think really? I think they had a boost. Oh, that's right, they did. A boost gauge You're was right. what it was. It was a turbo. sort of the um, uh, Night Rider version, <laughs> yeah, the turbo boost gauge. Yep. So absolutely um, cool. Yeah. So yeah, hood scoops. There, that's <laughs> that's cool. a whole new, whole show on hood scoops. We could so. we could we could take and we could do an Instagram thing, Ethan. We'll just take pictures of hood scoops. I like that a lot. Yeah. And it's uh, you know, and, and, or you could make. I even got a better thing. You make a contest at it. Oh, guess what? Hood's, guess right. what? This car, uh, the hood scoop. That's is a on good idea. Car. Yeah. Good idea. How about the one where they do it, Barrett Jackson, or they used to? Do, I don't know. If they still do it on TV where they blindfold you and you got to feel the car. I, I think we should copy that. I think it's we should not copy. Right. How hard is it to? I mean, I, it seems like it would be really hard. Well, I. It would be. In this place, it would be, too, because <laughs> yeah, unless you, you know every generation of car and every make and model. True. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I but think I, it was I, even a heart of a car that you knew. I, I think I could, if I felt that split window over there yeah. with my <laughs> we, eyes closed. But I, we don't really want everybody pawing all of the cars, either. We <laughs> Especially don't want the ones to, behind the Yeah. We, we don't want this to become a thing. Uh, so <laughs> Don't touch the cars. Uh, please don't automobile. touch the cars. They're not ours. They're not ours. Please don't touch them. If you want to see something, if you and that's a good point. If you want to see under the hood, if you want to see in the trunk, if you want to see in the interior, come find one of our guys, and we'll be glad to help you. We'll show you every square inch of it. But don't. Because, you know, maybe there's a, a weird way you close the door or close the hood, or maybe there's something else that you do mm-hmm. and you can mess it up. A Buick hood comes to, to mind in pre-war Buicks that you could open from the left or the right side. The whole hood would either open up mm-hmm. on the right side or the left side. But you, by golly, better remember one thing when you do that. The other side needs to be latched. Because mm-hmm. if you unlatch a side and the other side is unlatched and you lift up that hood, it goes sliding off over wow. the fender and down onto the ground. Really? Yeah. So... That's why we and, and and again they don't belong to us. So if we're happy to show you the car, but please just ask. Yeah, there's a lot of idiosyncrasies with every car. Yeah, and and if, if we you know we have probably have 300 people here right now yeah. inside the building, and if yeah. every single one of them opened the door, <laughs> yeah, it'd be bad. We'd be in trouble. So uh, don't touch the cars unless we tell you you can. Uh, no, uh, don't touch the cars. Just ask one of the guys you see. Find one of our guys. Come up to the front. Tell the girls what you want to see and what room it's in, or 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 uh, you know, or wait right there, and one of the guys will come help you. So when we return, more automotive uh, knowledge that we'll pass on to you. See you in a few. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And back with the Classic Automobile Podcast. Uh, we are talking about hood scoops and new inventory and... You know, and last week we talked about something too, and I, I actually got some phone calls and emails about uh, the marketing team we're putting together across mm-hmm. the country. And actually, it's east of the Mississippi. I should define it is where we're really looking for is people east of the Mississippi 
in a town has car shows, has events that you can go out and promote our brand and promote Classic Automall and become a off-premise car specialist, if you will, um, and consign cars to up here. And we provide you all the stuff that you need. Uh, we just, uh, you know, business cards and brochures and materials and signage, signage and yep. you know, magnets for your car mm-hmm. if you need it, if you need an iPad, whatever you need uh, to go out and 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 preach the gospel of Classic Automall. And that can be anywhere in Tennessee. In Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, wherever you happen to be, um, and you're, you know, it's all commission based, and you're all on your own on expenses. We'll provide you all the stuff, but you know, you got to cover your your fuel and your meals and all that stuff when you're out at an event. But uh, certainly a way to make a little extra money if you're already going to car shows anyway. You know how perfect you just you just uh, get paid to do what you love to do. You know, they say you'll never work a day in your life if you do what you love. That's right. I don't know if that means anything or not because I'm doing what I love, and some days I'm like, "Ah, yeah. (laughs) But then I go, you know, (laughs) cha-ching. What was that? Is that a cha-ching? That was a cha-ching. Okay. (laughs) I I never use this thing. I know you should. I'm going to take it over. No. No. Ethan's got it in there. Yeah, Ethan could do it. it. Yeah. Ooh. ah, I like the ooh Oh, where is the ooh sound? It's in the middle in there. Oh, there it is right there. Ooh. (laughs) Is that Alyssa? No, it's uh, not. It's, it sounds like her a little bit, oh, wow. somewhat. So, a general, just a general female. Voice. So, anyway, if you're interested in becoming a car specialist off premise with Classic Auto Mall, give me a call or an email podcast at classicautomall.com, or you can reach us at eight 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 two two seven zero nine one four, and uh, be glad to talk to you and see if we can come to some kind of uh, agreement on how we can uh, work together and how you can promote us. And because our goal is, is that. We've realized that uh, um, a lot of our cars, most of our cars, come from within a very short distance of where we're located. And we'd like to expand that footprint. Like Quebec. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. I was thinking Quebec. Any Quebecians? That may be the longest distance travel. I I think it might. I think it's pretty close. Where's Quebec? Above, near Vancouver? Uh, It's on the west coast of Canada? I don't know. I think it's on the east, east side of Canada. I don't know. I don't know either. Listen to us. Uh, Podcast at classicautomall.com yeah, if please you know tell where us. Quebec is. Yeah, I think we can figure it out, though. I can probably Google that. Uh, it looks like it is. Where is that crossover into the – oh, no, it's way up uh, – uh, way up, like northeast of Montreal. So oh, okay. It's a, it looks like a fur piece. Um, it's more than 10 hours, I think. To yeah, get, to get oh, it. I would think it absolutely is mm-hmm. more than 10 hours just looking at it on the map. But anyway, um, so – uh, also got an interesting thing we were just talking about before we went on. Uh, the Porsche Club of America has got a great raffle of the 2023, listen to this name, 2023 911 Carrera GTS Cabriolet America. <laughs> they got it all in. They got everything in on this thing. This car is stunning. It's just not a Targa. It's not a Targa. It <laughs> That's is the only a, thing's missing from that a, name. Yeah, exactly. It's a Cabriolet convertible, meaning. Uh, it's blue as a primary color with white and uh, red stripes. Mm. Uh, the wheels are... Are white with a red uh, outline on them. It's just a really stunning car, and they're only going to make um, uh, what do they say? Two hundred and fifty? Uh, no, no, no. One hundred and fifteen mm. of these. Hundred of them allocated to the U.S., and the other fifteen designate, des- destined for Canada. 
So I, I guess so that means I'm not driving it. I'm just putting it in the garage. <laughs> yeah, one of one fifteen. Well, yeah, I mean that's the problem with a car like this. It's so collectible right out of the gate. Yeah, that it'll probably it'll sell for more than the list price, and it'll go on the secondary market after it sells, and it'll be even higher. And I mean we've seen turbo Porsches just go through the roof yeah. after a couple three years of yeah. ownership. And Porsches seem like a decent investment. I would at, say at so. Yeah, I mean we don't recommend that to uh, to everybody. But, uh, you know, investing cars is not for the faint of heart. Now, can anybody join this raffle? Or you, uh, you have to be a member of the Porsche Club of America. Which means which, you have to have a Porsche. Yeah, actually right. you do. Yeah, or right. you could lie. No, actually no, you, they you want to. They, they want a VIN. They want a VIN. That's right. right. Speaking of VINs. <laughs> Speaking of VINs, that's another way you'd have to find your VIN. And they, they'll know. You can't send them a VIN for a Malibu. Right. No, <laughs> or an El Camino. They'll know. They know. You know how they know? They know. So everybody who's listening who's a PCA member can yeah. probably, probably gets that piece of mail. Anyway. Probably did. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a little flyer that they Very sent cool. out. And, nice um, car. But there's so many. We were talking earlier about how many car raffles there are omaze.com oh, and and that that uh charity one that comes in the mail every day yeah and then the cobra uh like, the cobra yeah. experience out in california they're know. now giving away uh, what are they giving away now yeah. gt350 i think or something mm-hmm. they gave away what did they give away the last gt500 they gave away a 67 gt500 coupe yeah and this time i think they're giving away a gt350 we'll have to look like a modern up. but a modern car i, I think i don't, I don't know so. i just saw it come across my yeah what is that cobra connection once you donate man you're 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 tied in you, <laughs> you gotta try again next year yeah they, they're they're after you they had that email address this guy is definitely gonna yeah is that no that's not cobra connection it is oh. I can't remember. The Cobra Experience? The Cobra Experience. That's Museum. what it was. Experience. Yeah, I can't spell. That's too big of a word for me. They raised decent, uh, decent amount of money yeah. for that. And that's in Martinez, California. Yep. We had the girl who runs it on the show. We did. Uh, they're giving away a 66 GT350H, the Hertz, that's Ren- right. Hertz Renneracer, black with gold stripes. And uh, you can go to cobraexperience.org. Mm-hmm. Dot O-R-G. And, uh, yeah, and they'll, uh, they'll get you hooked up and you can buy tickets. And, and I, we don't have a link from our site, but we'll get one. I think the drawing is in, I don't know when it is. Let's see. When does it say when the drawing is? It seems like is? they just had it in the spring or early summer this yeah, year. So it's, I don't, I think it's, uh, entered today. Here it is right here. So. Anyway, um, go to the website, cobraexperience.org, and you can uh, buy a ticket. Yeah, and you don't have to be a Cobra owner. No, you do not. To, uh, to, to apply to, for to that. To apply, but the Porsche thing you do. But, you know, the Porsche Club of America is great. The magazine is fantastic. It is. Panor- Panorama. Yep. Uh, it's a great magazine. And, and you know, for me to – I don't have time to read magazines anymore. <laughs> I have stacks of them that I need to get through because there's stuff that I, I want to read about and I need to read about, but I just it's just finding the time. And then I get home. It's funny. I used to go home and read a lot, but I don't read hardly at all when I get home because I read all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't read books necessarily. I'm reading stuff on the internet all Plus your day. proof in the uh, yeah. write-ups on the yeah. cars, which I can't yeah. imagine. It's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I've passed it over to Justin. He's been doing uh, that part of it I'm lately. So, yeah. yeah, because it just took, it took so much of my time. Oh, yeah. And what the worst part was if you're traveling and trying to concentrate mm-hmm. on reading, you know, proofing something, it's easy to be distracted. 
you know, when you're reading something, proofing it, you forget that you're proofing it. You're just reading it. Right. And then it's like, wait a minute. Well, what? It's more focused. Yeah. Right? You really have to be, it, it, it requires a skill set that I'm not always very good at, uh, uh, that hyper concentration right. of every single word, remembering why you're doing it. It's like Googling, it's like opening up Google to Google something and you forgot what you were going to Google. And you get, you get down this, this black hole. <laughs> or you go into the rabbit hole and, you know. Right, rabbit hole. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we were going to talk about a car movie every week and we didn't do it last week. I okay. apologize. We got time. Yeah. So this week is Vanishing Point. So this was made in 1971. It was released in 1971. Um, and the budget for it was a million, 1.58 million. And it box office was 12.4 million. So a nice return on that investment. Yeah. And it was, so it's 50 years old last year. And it's about a loner driving a 70 Dodge Challenger from Denver to San Francisco as quickly as possible. Why? There's no real reason, but <laughs> he just does. He's got to get there, and he makes some bet with somebody along the way. Huh. And he's got Benzedrine in his system, which are bennies, which is speed, right? which people used to take to stay up, stay up, like to – Study for cram for a final or exam. Or the military. Or, or the military. Right. A lot of guys took it then. My dad uh, told me about nights when they would, they'd wait till the last night before a big final to study and they'd stay up all night because they figured it would be fresh on their mind and they, and yeah. so, so uh, that was their logic of doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was so anti-drug it wasn't even funny, but he did that because, you know, he had, to get, cram. Through, had to get through architectural school yeah. so he could be an architect. That's and, right. Uh, but anyway, vanishing point, it's, it's, uh, you know, a Dodge, 70 Dodge Challenger RT. The guy's trying to go from Denver to San Francisco. Uh, his name is Kowalski. And the, the interesting thing about these older movies from the, 60s and 70s is is a lot of them are very politically incorrect. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in there that you go, whoa, you wouldn't see <laughs> wouldn't that today. fly today. Yeah, and and it's funny because certain things that you wouldn't see back then, you see more of now. Like you see the Victoria's Secret girls on television, and back in the 70s, you would never see something right. like that. They would even let uh, Barbara Eden on Dream of Jeannie show her belly button. <laughs> that was That's too, right. Oh, yeah. That is too risque, you know. Right. And but but some of the stuff that I mean happened back then, and, and what they had on. So these things are not always politically correct. So you have to kind of watch it. With that in mind, uh, different so times, different times, and and different things, and and you know certainly don't condone any of that uh, kind of talk or behavior or whatever. But but it's interesting because it it is a window into our you know history and what things were and how things have changed, right? Um, and and good or bad, right? You know we but we need to know our history as it stands, not not varnished or not clear coated or not. Uh, you know, made to fit our agenda. Right. It's just history is history. Can't change it. It's a movie. And it's, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I was telling you, maybe I didn't tell you, I, I've been watching the Rockford Files on reruns, you know? <laughs> I love the Rockford great. Files. Not only is it a great written, but I love the cars. The cars. Every are... car is a classic. Yeah, now. yeah. It's so cool. I love watching old TV shows right. and old movies for the cars as much as anything. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, even Andy, Andy, you know, Mayberry. Oh, yeah, know? totally. They, you know, you got Ford Galaxies and my goodness, we got a lot of people A lot of people out here. If you're hearing some ambient noise, that's the people in Enjoying the enjoying, showroom next enjoying to Enjoying the classic automobile showroom. The truck room The truck room us. and tractors. Got some spectacular trucks. Oh, my God. And have you been down to 613? Red? No. Oh, my God. Go down to 613, okay. which is in the south mallway, uh, just past the curvature of the earth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is chock full of trucks. Yeah. It is. I bet you we, we got we two have, truck rooms yeah, now. I bet you we have 100 trucks yeah. in that room. It is just double stacked. 
any kind of truck you want. That's as, as probably as much as anything we have in inventory, you know, or a single vehicle type. I mean, we have a lot, lot of trucks and, and because trucks are hot right now and they have been for mm-hmm. a while, trucks and SUVs. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think that, you know, most people will tell you that trucks weren't back in the 50s and 60s they were utilitarian they weren't fancy like trucks today i mean my goodness trucks today are like a cadillac you know yep oh for sure in the old days and uh they're fancy and they're expensive too yeah uh and so by virtue of that older trucks are now becoming more are we done already yeah short segments told you um so so anyway trucks 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 trucks. lots of trucks here classic automobile some spectacular 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s (laughs) 10s everything from a old Jeep to Hummers. Yeah, we've got a little bit of between. And, and Land Rovers and all that. Yeah. So uh, next week, uh, we might have a guest on the show, or it may just be Steve and I just jibber-jabbering about all the stuff we jibber-jabber about. We'll see you next week on the Classic Auto Mall Podcast. We appreciate your listening to our show today. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays were open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.